What's up, guys? Adam MacArthur here. I'm on the Points of Experience podcast. We have such a fantastic guest coming up today and somebody who I knew seemed like a really cool person. And obviously, you you know, you have you see them on social media and you have friends who know these people. And I've never gotten to meet this guest yet in person. And I still have yet to do that. But virtually, um, I got to sit down today with Adam MacArthur, as many of you know, as the voice of Yuji Itadori in JJK Jujutsu Kaisen or Marco Diaz in Star vs. the Forces of Evil and many other shows. I mean, he's been in Krampus and the list goes on. Uh, a guy who's dominated both, you know, on screen and now voiceover and anime has a, a, a life of, of martial arts that we talk a lot about and how that influenced his life and career starting out in a young age in the Bay Area and, you know, coming to L.A. and, and really not only just dominating as a performer, but then finding their path as an entrepreneur and starting his own business and then continuing to start more businesses and seeing just how much potential he has uh, as a human being and a creative. It was just so inspiring, this episode. And I really, of all the episodes, I really felt the most empowered as an artist. And, you know, um, that's what's really important for me is to continually bring on guests who help create artists and aspiring artists, people who haven't made the full commitment to pursue whatever it is they're pursuing, to feel empowered. And someone who is as talented as he is and puts his heart and has an appreciation for everything he does, it was just so endearing and inspiring. So uh, I won't I won't hold you all up here. I'm going to get you to the good stuff. Get you to the good stuff. Because <laughs> stay tuned. We've got a fantastic episode uh, about to grace your eyes or potentially ears uh, coming up on the Points of Experience podcast. Adam MacArthur. So you have to explain to me, how are you able to do anything related to voiceover if you have people demolishing or reconstructing walls currently where you are living? Is that even a possibility? It's, I mean, it's happening in and around constantly. My, I'll like record a line and wait. I'm like, oh, it's silent. (laughs) Okay, I'll do it again. Yeah, it's been the most annoying for audition sessions. I've been like able to just go into studio um yeah. the one the one thing that i like regularly do from home is i do all the promo stuff for disney xd like the channel stuff like the coming yeah. up next on um and those sessions are so fast that like if they book me for a 15 minute session i'm like all right it's probably gonna take like seven minutes like i can tell them like yo chill for a second and get it done <laughs> so yeah well to me that seems like a combination of somebody who knows what they're doing and also utilizing kind of those breaks in between the madness of of what exists in in life because most people don't realize that you know we're not in soundproof studios we're in our homes where we've made a studio or have a studio bricks or something so it's we are very much at the the mercy of the elements in the world that uh that exists around us yes yeah thankfully i'm in a house so i do have like some control like i know what days my gardener comes and things like that so i can like avoid that stuff but uh yeah, it's like a war zone here right now, to be honest with you. Um, there's stuff happening in my house. The neighbor's house is getting completely redone. The neighbor across the street has a roof. Like, literally, my, my entire block has porta potties in front of their house. Wow. So, you know, everyone's getting work done. So, it is, uh, you know, I'm doing my best. Yeah. That's well, the next thing that's going right to happen now. is they're going to they're gonna move in and do a, a, a movie shoot on your block, and then you'll have to, to deal with that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, two, uh, two or three houses down – 
uh, a son and a, and a mom lived in this house, and they are the owners of uh, an anime streetwear brand called Hypeland. I don't know if you've oh, ever yeah, heard of Hypeland. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah, so so Jordan Bentley, who owns Hypeland, and his mom lived in that house for a really long time. And he was a part of a reality show that was shooting here. So, look, I've checked it all off the list. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I'm dodging, I'm dodging things left and right just to get the jobs done over here. <laughs> well, dude, I have been I, I have been admiring your career and I've been a, a fan of your career. And I've obviously even in kind of just research for this kind of come to even admire you even more and kind of the the entrepreneur that you are as well as one of the most talented kind of actors that is kind of a contemporary right now amongst people who are just like constantly working, doing amazing stuff in kind of like one of the hit animes of our generation. You know, one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best uh, animated series, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Um, as I've kind of grown to learn from like the stuff that you're doing and a funny little tidbit here that hopefully will kind of give you an insight because we haven't met before so i'm happy yeah. that you're even doing this with us is yeah. when i moved to la so i moved to la in 2020 right as the pandemic hit literally march or april Perfect i was timing. yeah I, I moved nestled in the first <laughs> yeah. the first audition i ever had for any anime that i'd ever done was for jujutsu kaisen that okay. was the first one i had ever done and me because i've come from new york i was doing you know i i, I was the voice of nick sports when that thing exists so i did Amazing. the coming up next yeah, yeah. for nick sports yeah. cool, cool. and uh so i know that world very well too the five yeah. minutes of all right let's just get this real quick but yeah. uh so i came when i came here the first audition was this and i was like i didn't i wasn't even really familiar with it entirely but i i was so kind of um cocky in my own right where i was like oh dude kill this done i've got this i'm ready to do anime now and uh at the moment i did do that and obviously i didn't get it and you know i auditioned for the the packet of, of characters and then um yeah. when i wound up hearing the final product and i wound up hearing like you in the first couple episodes i was so relieved in a way because i was like that's how you do it that oh, is how dude. it's done. <laughs> you, and, listen, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I just was so, it was so right, and you fit like a glove for that character, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that whole experience. Not that it was like a huge sentimental thing for me, but I yeah. obviously was the first one I had auditioned for. It's an amazing show. I'm a huge fan of it, and you all do such a great job. We had Ann on uh, a couple of episodes uh, prior, cool. and you guys are just such a great crew and you have such a, a fantastic dynamic and you the way you play Yuji it's just so endearing so fun and so different than the kind of the typical uh shonen anime for lack of uh, a better example too because it's it's it, it, it takes from all those greats and you yeah. guys just make it your own um even in yeah. your dub and it so sorry a long-winded winded way of uh introducing my knowledge to you and kind of my admiration for what you've done. So you've, you've been Dude. really a, a great inspiration. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, you really kicked this thing off uh, with, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so bad at taking compliments. Bro, oh, thank you so, so much. I, so, no, your, yeah. your words are, your words are really um, appreciated. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been voice acting now for and acting in general for, about 24, 25 years or something like that. And I mean, I don't know, I've had a uh, bounty and I've had nothing and then I've had bounty again and then I've had nothing again. So mm -hmm. um, uh, I appreciate your kind words. Um, I have nothing but like love and mutual respect for all of my 
voice actors and actor friends who are pursuing the same thing. But to your point too, yeah, I feel like we've been sort of in and around the same <laughs> circles and shows. We probably have we even have we been on anything. I'd have to look. I'd have to. I'd have to look. It's it's very okay. possible. Um, yeah. But you know, you know, again, like it, it. That's kind of one of those things too, where in this industry, you get to work with a lot of people, and your voices are sometimes you're in scenes with each other, and you don't right. even know it. Yeah. And it's it's yes. so great. And I've had the tremendous honor to kind of you know jump into this LA scene and get to to work with some of the the best in the business, and it, it's. Even though we don't get to work in the same room, I feel like the and I've said this multiple times. There's like this not a necessarily a new wave, but it's kind of the new uh, uh, quality control of of voice acting where I feel like everybody is is bringing their all, and it's not kind of like this secondhand sport where everybody is treating this like it is. You know, it's the NFL. It is the the, the top of the line entertainment, and we're seeing it in, in dubs, and that's why anime is elevated to this new level where. The, the the acting talent that is brought onto all of these projects is is a list in my mind yeah. all the time. Yeah. It, it, it's it, been it's been really cool. I I do think that a huge part of that is sort of a side effect of COVID. Um, mm. You know, in 2020, uh, not that anime wasn't already building popularity, but in 2020, everyone's sitting at home, try, just looking for stuff to do, consuming content. And so when you get through everything on Netflix, you're like, well, what else is there? And you have that one random anime that's on Netflix at the time or, you know, Hulu. And then they start, people just start like seeking this stuff out. And so I do really think that we, I agree 100%. We're living in sort of this like heyday of the rise of quality, not in just the voice acting, but in also the animation and the stories that are getting told and things like that in anime specifically. Um, it's been not that there haven't been amazing, um, anime in the past of course sure you have your big three and you know all that stuff but i just mean like you know we're getting bangers like every year and um it's cool to see the studios realize what they have mm-hmm. you know we just uh the, the jjk cast just went to um well some of us went to the crunchyroll expo in northern california and i think that was back in august um and then we did a panel on the crunchyroll stage there was like a thousand people in the audience. Um, it was amazing. And afterwards mm. I told my castmates, I was with, I was there with Anne and KG, uh, yeah. who voiced Navarro and Gojo. And I, we got off the stage and I was like, great job. You guys like, I'm so proud of you. We just crushed that. Like we did. I felt like we represented ourselves really well. We also represented the show really well. And I think in a way that is new for places like Crunchyroll to see. And it's sort of the benefit of going through the Disney machine. Like I, yeah. I, I, I've like been the lead on a show and had to go through like San Diego Comic-Con and like all the promo stuff with Disney and doing all that. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know why the like Crunchyroll and Funimation at the time like don't necessarily do it the same way. Yeah. Um, but we're just starting to see them like catch on which is really, really kind of an exciting time. Yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting because I feel, and, and it has to do, I think, a little bit with the fact that in previous years before kind of social media exploded in this way where voiceover specifically was kind of, there were voices that people heard and they grew up on, but no one really knew who those people were behind the voices. And yeah. now we're seeing such... um 
what a great aid it is to these products to see like, you know, Ryan Colt Levy is a great friend of mine and mm-hmm. to see like how amazing yeah. of these people who just like yourself and the rest of the JJK cast, like these people who care about what it is, they care about representing this product and they care about the, the genre and the fans and to see yeah. how much that brings this experience for people full circle and to know that like there is a love and a, a community outside of just them watching it on the screen and, you know, seeing, you know, certain things on Twitter or whatever it might be. It's yeah. no, the people behind it are so hyped about it too. And they're hyped that there are people hyped about it. So it kind of keeps this never ending sure. love and, and circle. And um, that, that's what I'm curious for you. What is it about kind of, well, let's start either with either, you know, even star or JJK, whatever it is. What is it about the entire experience that you have after you've worked on a show that helps you stay so invested and lively and enthusiastic about it? What, it, what brings that passion past kind of the recording sessions? I mean, for me, I think I have always just like loved animation i've always like loved this stuff and it's something i've always wanted to do since i was a kid it's more than a job for me it's just something i it's genuinely easy to like um and i think (laughs) i know i know that i've been very very lucky in my career to be on a lot of amazing projects like it's it was not hard to love star and the fact Mm. that i got to go through like and be on a disney show and do that whole thing like a you know i think as an actor you have a a dream to be working first of all <laughs> which is nice like you want to do the work um then once you're doing the work you want to like hopefully do something that you really like and that you're proud of which is really cool and then the third thing is you want to do something that you really like that you're proud of and that fans resonate with mm-hmm. and i saw that both with star and with jjk and it just uh i don't know i think i just feel a lot of gratitude for what i get to do um and I see other people liking it. So it just, it's easy for me to want to encourage that or play into it or help or do whatever I can. Um, you know, the conventions have been a newer thing for me, um, since JJK started for whatever reason, like people aren't interested. I mean, they, they are now when I'm there for Jujutsu Kaisen, they're like, Oh my gosh, I love star versus the forces of evil. But like, I don't know if people like, I just never got convention invitations when I was just on star. Um, but even, like going to these conventions and stuff. I basically, the way I look at it is I know like there is some crossover, like you said, with like social media and people seeing who you are and stuff like that. But ultimately the reason people click the follow button or follow me, you know, on Instagram or comes want to say hi at conventions is because they love the character that I'm playing. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's just something I always try to keep in mind that when someone comes up to my table, this is their first experience, uh, meeting yuji or meeting marco even though it's like through me they're not meeting the yeah you know i'm saying like it's yes, like yes but, but it's still like through me so i want to make sure that people have a good experience meeting their hero essentially and i don't mean me i mean like the character so i try and keep that in mind and just i don't know it's kept me grateful and and thankful that i even get to do it you know and like i said i've had um feasts and i've had famine throughout my career so yeah. i just Try not to take any moments for granted, really, because, you know, who knows? Who knows? Like 2020 yeah. happens and then so much goes away. <laughs> Thankfully, voiceover, thir- you know, is uh, flourishes. But, you know, there's there were there were no conventions at that, you know, in that time and stuff. So 
Yeah, it was, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there and I'll, I'll comment first on kind of the convention aspect where, you know, people are coming up to you and you made me think of this kind of in the first way in, in the sense and when we play these characters while they are as much us, you know, as we embody them through ourselves, it is kind of like you're a, a medium almost and mm-hmm. you are... Uh, the character exists outside of us and we channel our version or we, we figure out, we, we become the vessel almost like in like yeah, Jojo's yeah. Bizarre Adventure. We got like a yeah. stand in us and we, yeah, so sure. it's like when people come up to us, it's kind of like, that's it's a way for them to communicate with this other being that isn't necessarily us. And it's important that people understand there's a separation between of the course. character and us as, as people yeah. and actors. Uh, but that was the kind of the first time I ever really thought of it in that sense. And it's a, it's a kind of a way for like, okay, let me, you want to talk to your friend real quick. Let me go find my friend in my, in my right. commune. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a very yes. interesting yeah. <laughs> thing to say. And also you, um, one of the last things you said, gosh, I have to, it's, it's, I mean, it's going to fish around me. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, I came from a world of on camera and as soon as I moved out here, I thought that that's what was going to pick up for me. You know, I was doing mm-hmm. TV and film stuff and yeah. the last job I did, w- uh, was in, was in March of 2020. And then I didn't work again until 2022. And that right. was like terrifying yeah. for that yeah. whole world of on camera and, and voiceover thankfully was a, a, a good gift. And the, the pandemic, while it did a lot of, um, tragedy and and there was like a lot of heartbreak that came from this and and that whole thing was insane there was um i think for streaming services and corporations to realize what is the way that we can continue to entertain and voiceover was was that and i think uh, people poured their heart and soul in it and this I, i meant to ask this earlier too during kind of the pandemic what was it for you that you found either inspiration or passion or were there performances or shows or movies that you watched that were inspiring what kind of kept that fire in your belly for acting and performance was there anything out there or plays what what was the things that were inspiring you kind of during that hard time of just being home yeah i mean i, I want to say that stuff picked up there was like maybe like a three week period where there was a lot of uncertainty and then all of a sudden the VO stuff came roaring back. Mm. I mean, I didn't really have a moment to stop and think it was more of just like business as usual in terms of like VO. I already had my at home set up, so I wasn't scrambling or anything like that. Um, so that stuff was all ready to go. I mean, I love gaming, so like I was playing a lot of a lot of video games during COVID. What games? And, what uh, games? Because I'm a huge gamer a- too. Apex, Apex uh-huh. Legends is just my. It's like my jam. Um, I have a crew of guys that I went to college with that still play PUBG, which I hate, but I play with them. I played uh, so much PUBG back in the dude, day. I haven't picked dude, it up since though. It, it's just the worst. It's literally the worst <laughs> game ever. It looks ugly. The mechanics yeah. are ugly. It's not fun, but it's it was good at the time. Crew. It was good at the yeah. time. No, there's something that keeps you coming back. It was just like, it just made, like, I never was happy when I was done. I'm like, why am I doing this? But my <laughs> friends dirty. kept me coming back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, uh, gosh, I was, I was watching a lot of like naked and afraid and alone and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, survival yeah. shows during COVID. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when like Tiger King had its heyday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, but that's when, that's also when, October of 2020 is when I booked Jujutsu Kaisen. Yep. Like that's, that's when that, that whole thing started. And, um, yeah, I think it was only my, I think it was only my second anime audition. Wow. So I, had a, I, had, I had a round for my hero academia. Um, didn't get anything on that. And then, um, yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen came up and 
That was that. that. <laughs> I, I, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this and then, then we'll jump kind of back to your, uh, I love to talk to people about how they started and kind of how they got to where they are today for hopefully anybody who is, finds themselves in a similar position that you were in when you were starting yeah. out or, you know, finding yourself that maybe yeah. they can go, oh yeah, that resonates with me. But first, just to talk about that JJK experience for you. Yeah. D- can you, and I know this is probably going to be impossible and, and I know you probably can't figure out the rhyme or reason why of anything, but can you maybe, uh, if you had to, you know, forced yeah. in the chair, like okay. what is the alchemy that happened that you believe Yuji was right for you and that the, the sides or the character spoke to you and the way you presented that in your audition spoke to whoever was listening to it. Can you make any sense of why it went your way or no? Is it just look, you have no look, idea? Look, look, if I'm going to get, okay, I can probably find an actual reason, but if I want to give like a fun reason, it's going to be the fact that Yuji has a partially red hoodie. For some <laughs> reason, red hoodie characters in general yeah. are characters that I book. I don't know what it is. Um, no, I do think that like Yuji has a really interesting – he has a really he, – he's – like you said earlier, he's not your typical shonen character. Um, I, I like all of the characters in JJK, they're, they're just not – they're all very unique for the yep. genre. Um, and I do think that Yuji brings like a sense of loyalty and innocence while still able – well, he's still able to be fierce, but he also has like a – kind of a goofy sense of he's a little bit nerdy in a way mm-hmm. like but in a cool way like like everyone in the show might think he's nerdy but when we look at him he's cool do you know what i mean yes, like he's yes, just yes. like he, he doesn't really care like a, you know certain thing he's just oblivious um and i just uh i don't know if i feel like i had a good training ground because of marco like marco had a lot of those similar qual- qualities loyal friend um you know was like a ride or die for star and yeah. star versus the force of evil. Like if he needed to do anything and Yuji was kind of the same way. So I sort of just like understood Yuji right away. Yeah. Um, but like you, like you said too, I auditioned for the whole packet. So I have, I auditioned for Sukuna, Gojo and Megami also. Yeah. And I was doing a panel at one of these conventions and someone was like, Oh, did you guys audition for any other characters? And I was like, that's so funny. And when I got back to my room that night, I was like, I want to listen to what I did. Cause I don't re- like, I just don't remember. Yeah. And I listened to Gojo and I was like, Oh my gosh, no wonder. <laughs> like there was no chance that was happening knowing that like, you know, what KG sounds like. And then uh, I know. same thing with Sukuna. I'm like, yeah, that was not the right, that was definitely not the right direction for that. Nothing was horrible. You know, I gotta like give myself some credit. It wasn't Absolutely. horrible, but also, but also like it's, you know, the ca- casting was like spot on. The only, the only character I felt like, Oh, that would be, would have been an interesting choice, but it's me playing against my own personality, which is, you know, it's fine. But like Yuji is, we have, he and I have a lot in common, um, is Megami. Like, I yeah. feel like, like, like maybe there was something there or like at some point in my career, a character like that would be kind of fun to play. Um, you know, like an, uh, Megami or an Aki and Chainsaw Man, those yeah. kind of like those kind of characters yeah very intellectual sto- almost stoic to a degree but yeah uh, yeah and very fierce and, and combative i think 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so funny. Uh, where where does what what where do the things that you resonate with Yuji and I guess what you're saying and Marco, where do those things resonate for you in kind of your own life? I know obviously you said you're a gamer, so maybe that's where some of the the nerdiness comes from. Uh, yeah. But where do where does the the loyal friend and, and all that stuff come from? Is that just you um, having a really good group of friends, or um, mm-hmm. where where does that stuff resonate for you in your in your real life that you're able to draw upon that, or where have you witnessed it in your life? Yeah. So I think, I mean, yeah, just by nature, I'm a pretty loyal person. Um, I care a lot about my friends. Um, the JJK cast will tell you that I am a huge fan of a group activity. So like when we're all at conventions, I'm like, you get to come, you get to come, like everybody come (laughs) and hang out. Like, I just want to make sure everyone's having fun. No one's left out, like all that stuff. Um, you know, if we're going to talk about like the tragedy of Yuji's life and like losing his grandfather and that whole thing. Like there, like I've experienced tragedy in my mm-hmm. life that has given me perspective from a really, really young age. Um, like witnessed a, a death in the family at 11 mm-hmm. that sort of just like set the tone for my life um, in a lot of ways. And I always wanted to do besides acting, I always wanted to do martial arts and um, after that kind of tragic uh, incident happened. We, my parents put me in martial arts finally. So, um, that was sort of like my second family and, um, just gained a lot of wisdom from my teacher about experiencing bitterness and how that helps you, um, find comfort when things are uncomfortable so that you can have perseverance and things like that. So again, these are all qualities that like, I'm, and maybe it's just me, like maybe I'm projecting my own that's how I'm connecting to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see those qualities in UG and I see those qualities in, in Marco and in, in a lot of the characters that I play when, um, you know, I get these opportunities to play someone who I'm actually like getting time with. Yeah. Like uh, I started voicing on star in 2013, the show came out in 2015 and it, we wrapped in 2019. So I was doing his voice for six years, you know, Long and time. getting to know that character. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we're, we literally just had the two year anniversary of the premiere of JJK, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, time is literally flying. It's wild. I know. Um, and even though we've done one season and stuff, um, yeah, it's just, it's cool to get time with these characters. And, and in the case of, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, I read the manga. So like, I am still sort of, even though we're not recording episodes, like I'm living with these characters and with Yuji and stuff as he goes through this this like story and uh yeah. yeah it's it's um it's fun it's really nice when you because i've also experienced the opposite side where i'm like what the heck like i don't care about this character <laughs> but you have yeah, to yeah. find like you have to like figure out something you know um or so there is nice nothing for there's... you to even pull from it's just like, the, right. like when you get to when you get the the privilege of like a very juicy lead character that has a manga or whatever it is you you have a lot to sink your teeth into so it it right. kind of makes that relish a little bit more in in, in going yeah. on the journey um another thing too is i i think what makes because there's a there's tons i mean you see how many animes come out every week every month there's just constantly yeah. something new coming out and i and i obviously a lot goes a lot of credit goes to the creators a lot of credit goes to the writers the animators there's a lot of hands on deck but I think traditionally dubs have always had a uh, like an uphill battle but now I think people are really starting to see the 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 
the love, sweat, and tears that go into creating these things. Yeah. And it's those nuances, specifically like in JJK, that make it so good. And I see that in you and the rest of the cast, Robbie and 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 Anne and KG. Like it's these nuances in the performance that that make it. Like obviously, we are lending you know, our voices to these characters that exist and we have inspiration from a, uh, the origination of the, the voice from the Japanese or whatever it might be. But when yeah. we listen to these dubs that are really have an impact and you see it because of how successful they are, it's these nuances that you can't really just I- explain. And that's why I always, I'm always curious, like where, where are we finding these nuances? And it may be for you, it's your life experience or the homework that you're doing, living with this character, mining for yeah. it time after time. Cause it's, it, we don't have the privilege of doing like a theater play where you're running the right. show. Yeah, 50 times constantly. before yeah. you say these lines so it has to be nuanced on those that one that first take second take or third take if you get right. it and yeah. it, it takes someone who's really talented who really understands the character to kind of make inspiring art under that constraint do you feel that do you recognize that that is something happening every time you go into a session that you record or is it yeah. just kind of you have that sim- like symbiotic relationship at this point where you you trust I think I think I learned through uh, my time on Star that mm-hmm. trust is really important. Um, it's it's interesting for diff- slightly different reasons in um, prelay animation and like dubbing. Yeah. Um, so in prelay, you know, when I first started on that show, I'm looking at a script and sometimes a storyboard, but usually just a script. Um, and so I don't know what it's going to look like before I ever, you know, before the show airs, you know, it's like, is this going to be good? Like, am mm. I understanding the vision? And so you really have to do, you do have to rely on your voice director and the, and the, the creator and things like that. Um, and it is slightly similar in anime. Sometimes, you know, we go into these sessions and we're just thrown in and it's like, okay. And you're trying to put together the pieces and maybe you've watched the episode if it's out and available, maybe you've read the manga, but sometimes it's like, I don't know, you just don't have time or you don't know it's like you know there still has to be an element of trust that um the director has taken the time to understand the bigger picture and can kind of guide you in, in into that but i do feel like um i mean i do feel like it took me a couple of episodes to warm into jujutsu kaisen um for for a lot of reasons um but i also feel like once um, I kind of got settled into UG, um, that I got, I just understood where he was coming from. So I could watch the, you know, I could watch the, the, the pre-roll or I could watch it real quick and then, you know, felt like I could deliver something that was close, you know, and then mm. let the director kind of hone it in and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it, I, I mean, that's kind of with any show, even prelay. It's like, you know, yeah. if you go and watch the first episode and then you go and watch the, last episode like star if you watch the first episode of star and then you go and watch the finale in season four marco sounds a little bit different and i think that's just you know you get comfortable with the character and and all that stuff and i i think um it's nice that uh we are elevating the quality of these dubs and everyone's elevating like the directors are elevating the actors are elevating um what the companies are wanting is elevating and then you're seeing this sort of like what's that saying a rising tide raises, raises all ships, ships. Yeah, or, yeah 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 and so <laughs> everyone's everyone's just like firing on all cylinders and stuff and it's like i said it's just a really cool t- it's a really cool time for anime i mean i i do feel like in end of 2019 is when i was kind of like wait why am i not 
why don't I audition for anime? That's weird. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. A lot of it's non-union. That makes sense. You know, I've yeah. been working union since early, like 2001 or something like that. It's like, okay, so that makes sense. I was like, but man, this stuff is really fun. Like everyone just sounds like they're having a good time. I'm a huge fan of the My Hero Academia dub. And um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like the, the do you watch? My oh, Hero yeah. Academia? Yeah. Okay, I'm so like the, the, the overhaul, Mirio, Deku, basically like that arc um and the end fight and everything i was watching it and i'm like these people sound like they are having a blast and it was yes. before i knew rico and everybody but and kellen and stuff um and so i emailed my agent and i was like look i know we don't really like do anime but i would love to maybe explore doing anime and that uh per- the person i emailed was actually not an agent at the time he was an assistant and then just like took that and ran with it and has since like like Zeno, he uh, represents Zeno Robinson, who's oh, so he was Sam here Academia. Yeah, yeah. yeah are you yeah. also? No, no, no. But I know okay. him very well. I I had okay. a whole process when I moved out here. <laughs> you know, to, got it, got it, yeah, got yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. that's 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 crazy. But yeah, the quality is insane in my hero. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So it was basically like my inspiration for like, wait, what the heck? I want to have fun too. And then, see, I told you I like a good group activity. So I was yeah. like, <laughs> they're doing it. I want to do it. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. Colleen sent out the first round of auditions I ever had. Um, and yeah, then after that, it was Jujutsu Kaisen. So crazy, crazy. so crazy. I and uh, yeah. I feel like you have a, a very for anybody listening i i, I know it, it sounds like in the way that we're talking about this probably like up oh, it just kind of happened but this is somebody who has been working diligently for a very long time understands how to do this and it it takes a while to even uh, find the comfortability in the way you understand an audition let alone read it so i i feel like that's it was kind of like great character meets somebody who is right to to do these type of roles and and understanding the genre it takes really a lot of hard work and um understanding and i wanted to comment on something too is there can you expand a little bit on when you were talking about getting comfortable in the character obviously you know i'm going through something similar right now on a project i'm working on but can you expand upon what it is exactly that you feel helps you get more comfortable with a character is there anything that you can tangibly say that like this was something i was struggling with and then i figured this out or i let this whatever it is can you just kind of touch upon that yeah, I think um, it kind of comes with the freedom to allow yourself to be who you are in the booth. Mm. Um, and, you know, for Jujutsu Kaisen specifically, when we first started recording that, we were recording, it was, um, we were recording from home. So in 2020, so it was still kind of new for me to do something like as big as a series. Sure. It wasn't just like a little commercial or a, you know, a promo thing. It was a, you know, a, a, an entire animated episode. Um, so it was a new studio, new director, new genre, new project, new character. And it was all everything all at once. And so I would not consider myself an anxious person. Like I don't, I would never say like, oh, that gives me anxiety or this gives me anxiety. Like I usually, I've been through so much in my life that I usually am just looking at it with a calm perspective yeah um the closest thing that i would imagine it feels like to have anxiety would be what i experienced recording episodes one and two of jujutsu kaisen (laughs) (laughs) um and it's because like you know there was just so much stuff working against me i was my own engineer yeah um i had never done that 
in a new genre. I was, you know, arguably under a lot of pressure. Like there was a lot of eyes on me for it. Um, pressure of, that I put on myself that I really wanted to do a good job um, and not let anyone down after I had just like begged to be in this genre and like have these opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I let a lot of stuff just like get in my head. Um, and so it took me, it took me a minute. Um, yeah. Like it's interesting, you know, working with directors you've never worked with before, maybe their style doesn't vibe with you, or maybe you don't necessarily agree with some of the notes that they give and things like Mm -hmm. that. Like there's a lots of different stuff that went into, especially the first couple episodes of Jutsu Kaisen. And for me, what helped me feel more comfortable with the character was just time with him. Mm-hmm. So like literally just like doing the sessions, getting a few under my belt. Um, source material was amazing. Um, also enough of the subbed episodes had come out that I was starting to understand what they were going for and the tone of the show and how they wa- like how they were presenting the story. And I think if you go and watch the dub that like the first couple episodes, like I feel like you hear the cast settle in around episode, episode four. And then by episode like seven or eight, you're like, okay, okay. And then it just keeps, I think we all keep getting better throughout the series. Hmm. Um, someone asked me recently, they're like, oh, do you watch your work? And I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. I watch it just cause I like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have like, I'm not weird. Like it doesn't make me feel weird. Like, oh, I'm embarrassed or, I'm, but I also am critical of myself and yes. you know, I want, I want to hear what I'm doing, but I, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. What's done is done. And, um, you know, I think there is something totally valid about just doing your best and maybe some things aren't perfect and whatnot, but like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing is perfect. Anyone who's listening, nothing is perfect. Exactly. Do you, when you watch back those episodes for the first time, are you, are you, are you watching from a sense of like reviewing the game tape as if you're an athlete? Is that like the lens that you're watching it through or is it you're trying to enjoy it and like appreciate the work you did? more of like let's watch the game tape like yeah. all right let's let's take stock you know let's let's see how like you know when when you're given a direction or in some cases line reads and stuff like that and you're putting your faith in somebody else and things like that like what is that how does that look and what does yeah. that sound like and then when you realize like you're like no i know what i'm doing and i feel like what i'm hinting at or trying to like beat around the bush might be interpreted as there was like some kind of conflict with the director or something like that. And that's not it at all. So um, it's more of just like learning how someone communicates. Um, And when you're in the booth, when you get a note from a director, usually you like, there is something to not taking the note so literal or as exactly what they say, you still have to take it and then put it through your own filter and bring that your version of that note to the next read. And I think, um, you know, a few episodes in, I just felt more empowered. I felt more empowered to trust myself. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the heck? I'm, I'm all worked up about all this other stuff. And I forget that I know how to do this. Yeah. And so I just started letting myself do it <laughs> and it felt a lot better. You yeah. Know, it felt a lot like performance wise. I feel like it was much stronger. Um, it also just felt better. Like as a human being, like I wasn't beating myself up and I was beating myself up a lot for mm-hmm. the first couple episodes. Yeah. 
Well, uh, there's a lot of appreciation that goes into you saying that because it just shows how much you cared about the product of what you mm. were doing and it cared about the character and all everything. So yeah. I, I, I understand so well what you're talking about too. I worked on a project where it wasn't even the director. I was working on something and an engineer just had a lot of technical comments about certain things that were happening. Like mm. there was like things happening on the microphone, like uh, for lack of a better, like it wasn't mouth clicks, but like to the degree of being like, oh, that, that popped or this was a mouth click. And I've never experienced kind of like the oversaturation of like problems with every line that came out of my mouth. And I yeah. wound up getting so on myself about every second performance. And I'm like, I'm at this point, I'm not even acting. I am just trying to technically trying to not allow happen. Yeah. yeah, allow whatever the thing that is happening that I feel like is showing these people like I can't do this job. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. And I knew like in the moment, like that sounds like shit. I'm not yeah. even doing a good job. And the crazy thing that happened after a session uh, or like a half a session of that, like really beating me up and me going home that day and like talking to my fiance and being like, I don't know what this person's problem is. They have it out for me. Yeah. They just, they want <laughs> yeah. me to suffer this whole session. Yeah. And I don't want to say anything. And I don't want to like make a big stink about this. And I'm sure that they're only looking out for the best integrity of the project. So I said, you know what? Next session, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to ignore that I ever heard that. And I'm going to focus only on the acting. And miraculously, when I focused only on the acting, none of those problems happened anymore. And I don't know if it was a problem yeah. with the mic. Maybe this yeah. is all in my head. But yeah. it was so much more enjoyable regardless to know that the thing that I can control is the homework yeah. I do and yeah. the care that I have in the moment for that. So it's, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, 100%. There, there was one studio I worked with uh, throughout COVID. And literally every time I did a session with them, they they were like, your noise floor is too loud. It sounds like your air conditioning is on. And I'm like, I have like, again, I'm in a house, so I don't have to worry about apartment noise. I live in a fairly quiet neighborhood. Yeah. My closet is completely sound treated. And I did like, I've been doing all the Disney promo stuff that I do. I did a Disney pilot during COVID. Um, I did like a ton of live action dubbing. Um, I, did an, I did a movie. I don't know. I was literally constantly working but anything with this one studio was like always something and they were like mm. well we'll send you a kit and then they'd send me a kit and i would just be like out in the open and they'd be like oh that doesn't sound as good let's go back to the original and i'm like i just please just let me act i know i'll take a i'll literally take a covid test every day if i can go into the <laughs> studio and that's actually what i ended up doing for jujutsu kaisen is the first couple episodes um uh like we re-recorded them they had a technical issue on their side so I had to go in and re-record episodes one and two, and I just started taking weekly COVID tests. I was the only cast member who ended up going into the studio to record. They, they let me do it, which was nice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the freedom that yeah. you have from re- relieving yourself of having to worry about if you're going to peak on yeah. a line or if this is not whatever. It's it's a lot. And, and you there's almost a requirement now that never really existed of having an understanding of working within a DAW, working with an interface, understanding mm-hmm. really good mic technique, understanding the mic placement, all of these things that are now kind of a requirement Um, if you want to have a very, uh, lucrative career, cause sure you can work and you can go into the studios when the opportunities come around, but there's going to be a heck of a lot more studios that can take on more projects cause they can say, yeah, we'll hire some remote directors. We'll hire some remote actors and we can do it like that. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's just a very different, uh, sport than it was, uh, originally when I, when I started out in New York, you know, I, I, I come from the world of. And I miss this part where you'd go on auditions and you'd see every all your kind of friends and peers Dude, in the audition room. <laughs> yes. and it's like I met yes. some of the, some of the coolest people by doing that, and you kind of it gave you 
it also kind of give you context of, of your career and where you're at because you would start seeing certain people that you're like, right. oh, I recognize that person or or I want to work with that person or, oh, no shit, like that person, I just, whatever. Yeah. It kind of gave you yeah. like a meter of, of what what's going on in the world and it, it was networking as well. That was a whole other right. part of it. Now right. now we kind of have lost that feeling and you're you're kind of sailing your own ship and sometimes you cross paths with other people. Uh, do, do you you have that same kind of feeling about the industry oh, yeah. at this point? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like I really cannot wait if it ever happens, for, especially for on-camera, for on-camera stuff to come back. I'm yeah. like, it, it, it's just like, I get, I get theatrical auditions now and I just roll my eyes. I'm like, Ugh, I got to set up the backdrop and the I lights <laughs> and I got to find a reader. It's like, dude, like I'm doing, again, I'm doing multiple jobs when I'm just supposed to be acting. Like yeah. I'm just supposed to be focusing on it. And I get that the cast and directors are like, oh, it's easier and blah, blah, blah. And you know, I'm sure that there's other elements of it that are helpful for them, which is good. Mm. Um, but like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I what I did. I had an on camera audition recently, and I'm very lucky because I have a fiance who's always and Allie. It's like I, I told her the other day. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you don't get enough credit. The people, the like, the partners of the people who the have to like, the scenes, yes. like the, those people do not. And I'm and I'm very like, I'm like a. Uh, I'm just very intense about it, the whole process. I want to make sure everything's perfect. I, I literally, yeah. like, she she brings it, like, she's she's acting in this movie with me, like, as I'm doing it. Like, we're, we're performing yeah. this as if it's not yeah. an audition. So she's just as dedicated to the project at that point as I am. And she couldn't record one of my last auditions I had. And I had, I couldn't get someone to come to my place. So I wanted a good actor. It was very important that my reader was good because I was like, I, I don't want this to like, I want to have someone to work off of. I like, I just want to do the best that I can do. So I yeah. had a, a buddy who I had to, I had to set up the iPad. I had to make sure that the camera was facing me. I was in frame. I was, you know, I wasn't peeking or whatever. And I also had them record their audio into an interface so I could edit their audio. So it didn't come out Amazing. of like a, a yeah. shitty yeah. camera because yeah. I wanted to make sure it was like the best of everything. And, and, you know, we're not getting paid for these auditions, but we have to nah. treat it with that kind of care to kind of right. stand out and just let our, uh, you know, now we have to worry about is it like, is the resolution good versus whether or not am I as compelling enough to portray this character? And right. uh, it's unfortunate. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot to think about. And plus, like you said, the, the networking aspect, that's probably like one of the biggest things for me. The networking aspect is like, uh, yeah, you just don't get a chance to, even if you're not right for the part, like be charming in a room and, you know, have them think of you for something else. You're, you're yes. relying on agents and stuff like that, which there are a lot of great ones, but there are a lot of not great ones too. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. a, a lot of it is just kind of up to us, which is, yeah. I mean, why not just keep piling it on? Yeah. yeah, and 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 we, you also lose the ability to show how good of an actor you are because there's no kind of redirect. There's th that that doesn't really exist anymore for things where it's like, okay, right. you're doing this, but like, there's so many auditions where I wind up hearing the final product, and this didn't occur with Jujutsu Kaisen, but you know, with other things where I'm like, if I would have known that's the direction you wanted me to go, I could have done right. that. But I took yeah, a swing totally. and I tried it my way. So, yeah. it, you know, it, there's also that variable that's kind of in play now where it's like y you got to really kind of take a swing and, and just have faith that that's whatever that's you're right doing direction. is, yeah, the right direction yeah. and the, or that you at least feel good about the direction it was. So, um, right. yeah, it's a very different yeah. game. I want to I want to go back while we have time to uh, where where did this love for performance and obviously the the your 
love for acting, I guess, is really the main thing. Where did that originate for you in your childhood to where you were like, this feels good. This is what I want to do in my life. What Did you have a moment where it, that all connected or where did that come from in kind of your, your youth? Yeah, I wish I had a specific moment or like an epiphany, but literally my earliest memories are wanting to do Kung Fu and have an agent. <laughs> my parents used to say like, he used to ask us for an agent. We don't even know where, like how you knew or like what that meant. Were you watching um, something where you even knew what an agent maybe, was though? Yeah, maybe. yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've always loved performing. Um, I would put on little shows for my family. My mom worked for a, um, like a, a short for PG&E, um, an electric company up in Northern California. That's where I grew up. And she used to take me to work with her and I would get bored while I was there. And so I would, she had a, like a little stereo. So I would take a Michael Jackson, I would borrow a Michael Jackson tape from my dad and take the little boom box around and go to all the other cubicles and put a hat down. I don't know why I thought I could get money, <laughs> but I did. I put a hat down and I would dance for like all the people. Yeah. And I would leave there with like 40 bucks, which... You're right. like an eight-year-old kid. I was like, yeah, I was rolling in the dough. Um, <laughs> and so like I used to do things like that. And again, like, yeah, performing stuff for my family. I just always had a love for making people laugh and making sure people were happy. And, um, you know, as that like kind of incident happened that I said when I was 11, that like sort of tragic family incident, mm. um, even more so then, you know, it's like I would see my parents, my mom sad or my dad sad and I would want to like make them happy and stuff like that. So I just uh, always would, you know, put on a show and be goofy. So it's just something I've always really wanted to do. Um, yeah, I, to this day, like, yeah, making people laugh. I think, too, that's also why I won't take it for granted, you know, the meeting people at conventions and hearing people's stories of like why a show means something to them or why they um, – you know, resonate with the character and stuff like that. Like, it's just, uh, it's the whole point. It's the whole reason to, to do it for me, you know? Um, sometimes I wish I was built different. Like, I'm like, Oh, I wish I was more of like an artist or like, you know, I like needed to feel something to like in me to then go achieve some kind of other creative, like thing. I don't know. We always look at each other, right? Other yeah. actors and things like that. And you're like, oh man, that guy's like an actor's actor. Like yeah. he's, he cares about the craft, you know? Yeah, and of yeah. course I do, I do care about that stuff too. But for me, it is, it really is about like, um, I don't know, making people happier, like, you know, affecting people and stuff like that. So it's funny you say that I have kind of a very similar feeling and, um, I mean, this is just kind of, I, I did martial arts all throughout my youth too. My uncle was a, uh, a ninth degree black belt and he had his own studio and I, I trained, Amazing. studied uh, Goju Ryu Karate where th- mm-hmm. I did uh, bow staff, I did nunchaku, I wound up doing kickboxing, sparring, and I competed uh, doing sparring Amazing. and that stuff. I mean, I know that's kind of your background, probably to a way yeah. more skilled degree. I kind of had the nepotism of like my uncle would be like, all right, you know, like we're going to move you from, from orange to blue or whatever because yeah, I'm going to do that. I mean, obviously I I worked really hard, but I found out quickly that my flexibility only lended me so much, you know, like I could only Mm, bend so much of my body (laughs) where I, you know, I was good at like 11 years old at sparring, at doing like a spinning back fist and getting points because kids just didn't understand what that was. Uh, So, you know, I, I, I have that same appreciation, I think is really something in martial arts where you have a respect for your sensei and you have a respect for the dojo and you have a respect for the form. Um, I got that a lot of that. I'm curious if that's what you got from, from your experience with martial arts is like a real dedication, focus and respect in that sense. But also 
maybe this was true for you too. I know this is going to be a two-part question, but I grew up a lot on video games and cartoons and anime. Mm -hmm. And I had that, I, I was kind of like a latchkey kid in the sense where those were the things that I was growing up on. It was like my connections with these characters and games and, and movies and whatever it was, where it had such a profound impact on my life that I wanted to give that same impact and also tragedy in my life. Like I wanted to make sure that if this is something that can make somebody else feel good and get them to tomorrow and like make like even a portion of their life. Like, I mean, I still have like, you know, like Funko Pops of these characters that I've grown up on around me because it makes me feel good. And if I can do that yeah. to somebody else be a part in any way, it's like that to me fills me more than like, man, when I cried in that scene, Dude, when, right, I, right. when yeah, I let that sure. out there, I mean, I care <laughs> yeah. about it too, you know, and I'm a very yeah. big advocate for the arts in that sense. But this yeah. this feeling that somebody having a thing like this in their, their uh, home and like they look at that and that makes them feel better is way more gratifying than how the hell yeah. I feel about a performance. But I know that's a kind of a layered question, but uh, if yeah. you will. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we're sort of lucky too in that um, we're at the point where we're working on things that people are seeing and we're getting that feedback, you know, but I do think that the craft and the act and like learning how to act and be an actor comes first, you know? Of and course. So, so maybe, maybe part of it is like, yeah, we're just, we've been doing it for a while and um, yeah, we have that, we have the luxury and sort of the privilege to know what it feels like to have been on something that like affects people. Uh, so we can kind of like, let that be the thing that we're sort of enjoying or realizing after we've put all the effort in acting wise that like, Oh, this is something I can enjoy also later on in your career when you've like put in the work, you know? Yeah, um, no, that's important that you make that distinction. I mean, I, I, I didn't mean to make it sound like, yeah, screw the, the performance part. I only care about the royalties of it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's cause you, you, that's, it's, it's very, very, um, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm an obsessive over the, I've read so many books and trained my whole life and that's, uh, important. And as if, you know, someone who's worked as, as hard as they have for you, I just want to make that clear to people who are pursuing this. It's like, we're very lucky to get to a position where anybody can even have this moment where like you can have that impact on somebody. And it's a very small percentage of the career. Uh, the, yeah. the career of an actor is a lot of, uh, j especially voice acting is very journeyman, like where you're doing things that nobody yeah. sometimes ever even sees or hears. Yeah. But uh, anyway, if yeah. you go, continue. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, to to your the portion of the question about like the martial arts stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like so many of the life lessons that I learned ever <laughs> have, come from, <laughs> have come from martial arts. Uh, my teacher put a lot of um, – I mean, he just put a lot of like training and teaching wisdom. Uh, he imparted a lot of that to me. Um, I come from a school that taught both Chinese martial arts and judo. So a Japanese martial art, um, but my teacher was from China. And so it was a very old school. I was literally the only Caucasian person in the school, um, for a really, really long time. Um, and there, there were some that came and went, but like for, as far as like the people who stuck around, like it was, I was pretty much the only one. And, uh, he had disciples like, um, so literally like oh, what you see in the old school Kung Fu movies. Yeah. Um, and so I was number 11. I was the 11, one of, I was 11 of 13, um, disciples. And so we just got a lot of like extra special training and things like that. So, I mean, I've gone through, I've literally gone through so much stuff with that, that, um, I don't know. I feel like I feel very, very lucky, even though as hard as it was at the time, like I got shingles when I had my black belt exam because my, it was so stressful. Like as a 17 year old, 18 year old kid, like we went through like some stuff, 
And, um, yeah, one of the last things my teacher said to me before I moved to LA. So I was, I started acting when I lived in Northern California, um, in like the late nineties mm-hmm. and w- worked a bunch up there. And before I moved to LA to like, you know, really like go get the dream and like really pursue it. He, uh, I remember he stopped me and he grabbed my face and he used to like, um, he would always like, you know, put, put his hands on our face and then like, like, like slap, like, like pat us like this, you know? But then he would always he would always stop and like go like like grab our earlobes too and then mm. keep slapping us. It was just like a thing that he did. Um, and so I remember him slapping my face and he said number eleven, and he would grab my ears and he's like, um, "Someone has to do it, so it might as well be you." Like right before I left, and I was like, "Ah!" Oh. And I've just always kept that mentality, you know, like the ebbs and flows of of the actor's journey. Um, you can quit at any time. You can find success at any time. Um, you never know when it's going to come. But I always try and remember that, like, someone has to book those jobs. When I get an audition, like, someone has to get this. There's no reason it can't be me. There's no reason there, at all, you know, like, unless I give them a reason. But <laughs> yeah, the, the whole point is we're not – we're giving them a reason to do it. So, um, yeah, it's just helped me, like – hang in there, I guess. Uh, people always say like, what's your biggest piece of advice for becoming an actor? And I'm like perseverance. Yeah. Like literally just being around long enough that, um, you know, in 15 years, some casting director is like, dang, I've seen his name submitted for 15 years. He's not quitting. That's something. You know, I want to <laughs> meet him, bring him in. And then 15 years into it, you have an opportunity, you know, like you yeah. just, you just don't know. So, um, you know, my, my people who are kind of getting started or like, you know, earlier in their careers, I always say, do whatever you have to do in order to do what you love to do. And that, so that it sets you up to be successful as an actor Mm. and whether that's waiting tables, whether that's, you know, pursuing a career, like as a writer or like doing literally anything else, it does not matter what people think about that. Like, Oh, you're a waiter. You're not really an actor. Like I don't, none of that matters. Literally none of that matters. Do whatever you have to do in order to do what you love to do. And uh, yeah, I just have never quit is basically what, <laughs> what it is, you know? It's kind of the most important thing. And I might have said this on the show before, but one of the best piece of advice is from one of my acting teachers was, you know, um, you kind of just have to outlast everybody, you know, look around you. There's only going to be, and it's like in 10 years, there might only be three of you left pursuing this and that comes from different people start families people find other passions some people just don't Mm -hmm. like they they realize that while you're in school because i went to acting school um Mm -hmm. you realize or at college university they said you know some people they don't understand that what we're training for here isn't necessarily the the job and lifestyle that you're going to have when you become an actor where it's you know a life of auditioning and and other training and figuring out ways to survive financially while you book maybe a couple of jobs a month or a year or whatever it is, you know, that yeah. that's the life of an actor. And you don't really get that full picture sometimes when you're in, in university or school. It's hard to it's hard to replicate yeah. that feeling until you're it's actually crazy. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I did. I my my college major was theater and TV production. And I went to school here in Southern California. And a lot of my friends from college uh, around I was there for two years because I transferred. So the people that I met and became friends with um, there over those two years, almost all of us stayed in LA and there's probably like two of us left, Mm -hmm. three of us left, you know, everyone's kind of come and gone. And it is, yeah, it's, it's 
crazy and there's no judgment behind that like no people, yeah people can you know do whatever whatever it may be but it's just it's just interesting observationally to see how it goes and you know it doesn't make us any better for sticking around or me any better for sticking around it's again just observationally it's interesting when you're doing this with all these people and then you know people yeah branch off it's kind of like college i guess you know at some point you just it's over <laughs> yeah yeah very much so uh you know? it's it's a very this career is very interesting and it can be very rewarding and it can be very tough and like you said there's ebbs and flows sometimes you're working sometimes you're not and if you don't have i think what you've been expressing this whole conversation is this foundation of gratitude or this uh, whatever it is for you that makes you just want to keep showing up every day you know that keeps that passion alive keeps that excitement going on every job every opportunity even the ones that don't seem you know like they're going to be the biggest thing in the world because i'm sure you know this very well that you don't really know the scope of how big something is actually going to be until you're actually just like experiencing it it. yeah yeah Yeah. so it's a hard thing to kind of preemptively like prepare for it's like yeah well this thing's going to be a mega hit so i'm going to work really hard on this it's like it's it's yeah (laughs) you almost don't want that added pressure anyway you know like like like, uh i have a friend uh who is a walking anime encyclopedia and so whenever i get an anime audition specifically i'm like hey have you heard of this show have you heard of you know have you heard of this and there's been times where she's like yeah it's okay but there has been a couple of times where it's like this is huge in japan like this is massive and jjk was one of those and i was like okay i don't it doesn't matter yeah it literally doesn't matter you know it would it be cool yeah it would be cool um but like i don't know how, how do you act <laughs> you don't act different if it's, no. <laughs> if it's you know gonna be a huge show you literally just have to do your job so um smoke a fancy cigar that, beforehand or something yeah, like yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i mean that that is kind of the cool thing about uh i mean it's kind of the cool thing about getting older too like getting older being in a career longer um you do mellow out about a lot of that stuff yeah and you, and you realize that it's like you know i don't know stuff comes and goes and like you said there's like I don't know, like I've booked jobs that you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. This will be like the next thing. And then it never even airs, you know? Yeah. When I, when I first moved to LA, I did a ton of on-camera commercial work. And I was probably doing like, I don't even know, like from like 2003 to like 2007, I was probably doing like six to 10 commercials a year, like national commercials a year. And so I was just working all the time and I was like, oh, this is what it's going to be like and da, 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 da. And sometimes you'd be like, like I did a commercial um, with Swizz Beats. Sure. You know who Swizz Beats yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did a commercial with Swizz Beats and I was like, oh, I'm in a commercial with Swizz. Like this is going to be – this thing's going to blow up. Like yeah. the residuals are going to be crazy. Nope. He got in a fight with Sprite after the commercial was already shot. Didn't want – they you know, got mad at how it turned out. Never aired. You know, things like McDonald's commercials and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just don't the hype is cool like for a moment to be like oh really that's huge okay cool that that sounds fun yeah but as far as like it in, impacting or affecting anything yeah just really at this point it's it's cool to be doing it long enough that like actually you know who said something really cool um kg kg tang who voices gojo yeah uh we were talking about chainsaw man and uh you know just like the hype that's behind it and everything which yeah. is really cool i'm stoked for ryan yeah yeah um just like lots of cool stuff and he's like uh, yeah, but you know what? There's always going to be another chainsaw man. And I was like, 
100 percent yeah Mm -hmm. right it's it's you know and not to say that it's not going to go and be this amazing show because i do think that it has uh that potential um but there will always be amazing shows and cool new things that come up and yeah if you're always like hanging your hat on that then it's kind of like well yeah too, too distracting you know yeah, and I see this a lot. I think I saw this a lot, especially with like something like uh, Genshin Impact when that came out, and a lot of people mm. value their kind of uh, their worth as voice actors on whether or not they were getting a part of this kind of colossal right. uh, experience. And it's it, yeah, th- that's great, and, and congratulations to everybody who's a part of it, and it's amazing, and it's a fun game, and it's tremendous, but. If you are at a point where you're valuing whether or not you're good enough based upon if you get into this one game that is popular at this one point in time, then I feel like it's you're in it for the wrong reasons because there will be other games that are just as big. That there will be, you know, like it. You can't, like you said, hang your hat on this one thing. There will always yeah. be a next thing, and it's you'll find the thing that's right for you because at the end of the day, it's yeah. you'll, you'll you're you know when you when a, it's when a character comes around that you're right for, and if you put your all into it and you focus and you take a bold choice, a big swing, and you you know you put all you have into it, then then you'll you'll be in the running and maybe you'll get it and maybe it'll become a massive hit. But you got to love the process and the journey and all this right. the stuff that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the moment auditions become fun, you know, you're like you're doing you're doing it good. You know, yeah. you're doing it right. Some yeah. people dread it. I honestly, I mean, when they pile in and you're like, oh crap, I got this to do and this to do, then right. like obviously that becomes stressful. <laughs> But yeah. I, I look at everyone like it is it is an opportunity for me to play and have fun and kind of like put on yeah. a new costume. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you quickly, and then I want to let you go. Just a couple uh, small questions if you have another five minutes. Is, cool. Are you, are yeah. you good? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go for it. Yep. Uh, so where did you, as we were talking earlier about like the craft and, and the kind of the – you know the appreciation for acting and technique or whatever it is so where did that come into your life where you found a direction in training or you found a process for you that works or how you approach material obviously went to college for it but where did all that stuff either originate from or how does it continue to be a part of your life today yeah so i started like i had my first acting class when i was 16 um it was this place called Kids on Camera in Northern California, and the owner was a voice on Sesame Street and like working all the time up there. All of her coaches and teachers there were amazing actors, um, and they sort of taught everything. Like you went through like a commercial intensive, a scene study, like you know you just kind of did everything because the market in Northern California is small, so like everyone kind of does everything. Yeah. Um, and I think like within a couple of weeks of being in class or maybe like after my first session, she invited me to audition for some stuff that had come through an agency that they were looking for like young teen boy voices. Um, so with some voiceover stuff ended up getting that turned out to be like a bunch of radio commercials for Macy's. So like, I just got, I basically just got the bug, but a lot of what they did in these classes at that school specifically was improv based, um, which was just super fun because it was what I had always done for my family or whoever, yeah. like goofing around and making up characters and stuff like that. So that was something that I really resonated with. Um, and then I basically just never stopped. Like I took classes until uh, I turned 18 and then had to go to adults on camera, which is like <laughs> they transitioned you out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in high school, I did theater throughout high school. Um the high school I went to had a theater conservatory. So you took like classes, uh, additional hours of the day. Wow. Um, so, so I did like theater classes, um, all different kinds of stuff. Um, 
And the high school I went to, I have an older brother um, who's 12 years older than me, and he had already, you know, gone to the same high school, had the same theater teacher 12 years prior, and thankfully, like, set me up for success because that teacher loved my brother. And me and my brother are really similar. So um, I just, like, yeah, started doing improv in high school uh, through the theater conservatory, um, shows, everything like that. And when I graduated, um, did theater all throughout junior college. Um, there was an amazing, amazing Korean War vet uh, theater teacher, like old school theater teacher at the junior college I went to in Northern California. He was amazing. Learned so much from him. And then basically, yeah, decided that I wanted to do it in college, which now I probably would have done like business or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I loved my time. I transferred. I went to Pepperdine, so uh, which is here in uh, Southern California. Um, yeah, I just basically never stopped. And then when I moved here for college in 2003, not only was I taking classes in school, but I also met my then manager here in LA for on-camera stuff who had an on-camera class that he taught at his studio. So I jumped in that class right away. And yeah, I basically just never stopped taking class. Um, I'm not in necessarily like anything regularly at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like always, if it's not like an acting class, like I'll do something that's like, uh, right now, the thing that I'm obsessed with that's super fun is uh, wire working. Like I love doing wire working workshops because it kind of incorporates uh, martial arts and yeah. acting in a way. Hmm. Um, so, so that's been super fun. Uh, but yeah, I think it's important to stay a student. I and mean, maybe that's a martial artist in me. You know, yeah. there's always something to learn and get in and get better at. So, um, yeah. I think it's a, a career where people don't consider it, 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 it. Like, take martial arts for example. It's not like you become a, a a black belt and then you just don't go to the dojo anymore and train. And and I think right. the 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 same is to be said about being an actor. And and it comes in those different forms of whether it's wire work or something else. Another skill set I just had when we I had my last guest Cameron Radice. You know, we talked about like even going for like learning how to ride a horse or you know taking mm -hmm. a, a, a like learning how to do different skill sets that make you more kind of uh, bookable. As a, as a performer, yeah. it's like, yeah, when this opportunity comes around, I, I can do that. I was going to yeah. ask, and maybe this is part of that question, is what is like um, – what is something that you haven't done in this industry that – or like a, a, a piece of content that exists already or a character that you would love to do that you've been a part of? Maybe it's incorporating martial arts and acting or is that uh, mocap? Like is there something that you want to do that you yeah, haven't yeah. done yet? I mean I would love to do uh... – something on camera involving martial arts i mean um any what is cobra it Every, <laughs> everything everywhere yeah cobra kai would be amazing cobra kai would be amazing for a lot of reasons but um everything everywhere all at once yeah. was an amazing movie and my i have friends martial arts friends who are like all over that movie and there is a part of me that's like ah oh, man like if i had just uh i don't know uh, voiceover was the path that appeared and made the most sense to just continue down. It was yeah. the path of least resistance, um, but also made a lot of sense on the business end of it so that I could like build that up. Um, and you only have so much bandwidth, I, you know, um, but I would love to do something on camera martial arts wise. I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, if we're talking VO, like dream character, it would probably be a Ninja Turtle. Oh, so, heck yeah. You know, yeah. So, so, so something like that would be fun. So who's the one you think you'd get cast as and who's the one that you want to get cast as? 
Okay, so easy question because I've thought about this so much. Also, I don't know <laughs> if you can see down there. I have my original TMNT turtle van with my original Ninja Turtles are down there. Dude, I've, I'm I'm uh, a tremendous on display Ninja Turtles fan. So, and yes, I can oh, see it now that I've increased the nice. screen. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, actually, the whole top shelf is the NECA turtles from the original TMNT. Movie. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. So I definitely would love to be cast as Mikey. I think Mikey, Michelangelo would be really fun. Um, I think my voice might lend itself slightly better to Donatello. I could see just like the nat slightly nasally natural quality that I have to my voice. Yeah. I've also been told I'm a fast talker and yeah. So, uh, you know, I think, I think with, uh, Donnie's, uh, use of, intellectual uh, jargon yeah <laughs> yeah intellectual jargon yeah i think that could uh you know could work in my favor but yeah ninja turtle would be amazing i don't know if i told this story but i when i was in new york i heard about them making the new ninja turtle series and i trained in nunchaku my whole life and mm -hmm. i remember i went up seeing it on like a breakdown or something and i told called my manager i was like you need to get me in this room for this i'm like i don't care what you have to do huge turtle fan my entire life and so i yeah. I, I wound up getting in the audition because they wound up pitching me as like this kid's been you know he's, he's short i'm only you know five foot five if i'm wearing the right he right right heels mm -hmm. the right shoes mm -hmm. with the right yeah. heel yeah. and i was like <laughs> I, and i was like I, I know how to do martial arts i'm like this is like this is my calling and i wind up showing up to the audition for it and i went in for mikey even though i think that like that I think I resonate more with like Wrath than I do with that's who I think mm -hmm. whatever. So I show up and I yeah. have my nunchucks with me and I think I psyched myself out of the whole audition because of like, do I bring out the nunchucks? Do I just do I ask them if they want to see some of it? Do I just start doing it? Do I leave them in the waiting room? Then I go back. Like the whole process for me was just so terrifying because I I worked it up that I only yeah. had like a subpar audition and I didn't wind up doing anything with the nunchucks anyway because I was just so nervous. So like we talked about earlier, like it's almost better if you don't allow all that stuff to affect you and you just totally. do the job yes but yes, uh 100 tremendous fan myself Dude, that's, a, that's amazing yeah that's amazing you even got to go in for it though that's cool <laughs> I, I was like it, it felt like one of those things where i was like i don't know if i'm ever gonna get this opportunity again um but yeah. you know and as i've seen you know turtle stuff you know whether it's either talked about them doing other things so who knows maybe there'll be another There's iteration of be another turtle of turtles There's yeah um and yeah. I, I, you two talking about this, uh, I know you have your own business too. And I'm just so mm -hmm. curious with someone who is so busy in their own career and has the capacity to do so many different things in the entertainment sphere of, of acting. Where did you find the, the, the passion and time to kind of pursue having this business that you also do and, and to what degree that you have to do it? Yeah, um, I basically was like uh... – I don't understand why everyone says starving artist and why people think that they have to be poor to be an actor. And like, mm. I, I had a manager who really glamorized the idea of like living in your car so that you could give it your all. And I just <laughs> thought that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, like I, I am more resourceful than that is basically what it came down to. I was like, you know what? I'm more resourceful than that. I can create a life for myself um, financially um, that would allow me to be stable enough to not walk into a room and feel like I needed the work in order to survive. And I thought that that would free me up to be more creative, um, mm. and ultimately bring more of myself to the character. So, yeah, I, I mean, so it's a photo booth rental company. I never would have guessed that I would have owned a photo booth rental company. <laughs> um, but there is so much actual crossover 
in terms of like the business side of voice acting and like running a business. Yeah. Um, and I've learned a ton of stuff from it, um, marketing wise and all of that. Um, we were doing pre COVID. We had, I had five employees who were helping run events. Um, we would do like 250 events a year. Um, I own three Volkswagen buses, three vintage Volkswagen buses that have photo booths built inside. So it's kind of like a cool, unique aesthetic. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like, it, it was nice to have something non-entertainment related, but still would have some overlap. Like we did a ton of like, um, rap parties for Netflix and, and other shows and stuff like that. Um, so, but just like not acting, it was nice to have something else to think about. And Heck yeah, it, yeah it, it afforded me the ability to do a lot of stuff. Um, I started it in 2011 and in 2013 is when I booked star. So really kind of everything was taking off at the exact same time. So mm -hmm. I was <laughs> like as busy as, as you know, as could be, but, um, yeah, it's why I, I, I'm like, you know, people, I see people struggle and everyone has their own journey and has to figure it out. But I do really believe that if you can focus and kind of like think about what you want um, and then backward engineer it from there, you can um, create the life that you want yeah. and not just be always struggling. I don't, I don't think we need to glorify the struggle. I think you can have your cake and you can eat it too. And, uh, it's just a matter of like figuring out what that thing is, you know? Absolutely. That's so important. I think there yeah. is that kind of, we, I mean, most movies are made about that point in someone's life where they're like eating the dirt and they're, you know, truly struggling and then they come out on top and it's, I love a, a great underdog story. I love a great, oh, yeah. you know, I, those, those are really inspiring, but the reality of it is we, especially as an artist, as an actor, you're, you're going to be, unless you decide to take your career in your hands and write your own stuff or produce your own stuff or become a director. But it's kind of the same sentiment where if you are doing that, then you're becoming an entrepreneur. You're starting your own business. If you have a production company, whatever it might be. And if it's something yeah. that can uh, afford you the freedom financially to pursue the arts, which is, you know, oftentimes what we're saying is people saying, I have a project and I heard your audition. I like you for it. That's, that's yeah. a very much, something that's out of your control more often than not. So if, if the finances can be covered, whether or not you book that job that's coming up, I, I just think that gives you that, that freedom to be more creative and going to those auditions saying, I don't need this and not put so much pressure on yourself. So that's fantastic um, for yeah. you and congrats. Yeah. What was the inspiration for photo booths? Like what was it about photo booths that you thought like, yeah, I can make a business out of this? Yeah, so um, my college roommate and his wife at the time became wedding photographers about an hour and a half north of LA. And their mentor was like, oh, you should start a photo booth company as a part of it. And he was really busy. Um, I feel like, sorry, my, like my seat like lowered or something. <laughs> um, I just look, suddenly I look really short. Um, <laughs> he, uh, his mentor was like, oh, you should start a photo booth company. It's a really nice like side business that pairs well with the photography and you can, you know, make, make some extra money. And so he bought the equipment and then realized that he just didn't have time to do that portion of it. So I was like, Hey, well, why don't you book them? I'll drive up and run your events on the weekend. You can pay me to run them. That'll just be like my side job. And so I did that for about six or eight months. And then I was like, Hey, what if I book some events down in LA when you're not, when your booth's not in use, can I borrow your booth until I book enough events to save up for a booth? And then, you know, I, I like, like don't need it anymore. And he was like, yeah, sure. So I 
put all of the business processes in place for him to run his company, the photo booth side of his company. So I kind of knew everything and yeah. then started booking events down in LA. And then I, I, I just did things right <laughs> and, got, and got lucky and got lucky. Um, and really started to like, yeah, I just started to book stuff right away. And, um, the company just kind of took off. I mean, we went from, I think like, I mean, we doubled in revenue from the first half year, the next year we doubled in revenue of what that entire year would have been if it had just been a double year or, you know, a full year instead of six months. Um, and we basically just kept doubling, 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 doubling every year. Pandemic hit 2021. We were kind of back almost to where we were pre pandemic. Um, but I had lost staff, so I was like rebuilding it there. Um, yeah. And then now we're still, we're still firing on all cylinders. Um, I am selling the company. So the company will be sold as of Jan one. So, um, I'm very excited about that. It's going to be nice to, it's going to be um, purchased by um, a husband and wife who have been employees since 2018. Yeah. Um, so they're buying the company. They'll be able to take it over and run it and be amazing because they're the ones already doing all the work um, right now. Um, so I built this cool thing, going to pass it off. They're going to take over and then um, I'm going to be starting something else that's more in line with this like, VO world and conventions and like merchandise and things like that. So I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. Wow. I've, I've literally, I feel like, I feel like I've gained, um, so much knowledge from doing, um, from, from owning that company and having it for 11 years, um, that I'm seeing gaps in businesses in that are in the industry mm. that I feel like can use some help. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm excited about it. That's amazing, and congratulations yeah. twofold for selling and starting whatever you're going to be working on next. I'm super excited to hear about Thank it. Thank you. I'm sure a lot Thanks, of dude. what had, I'm sure a lot of what your success was from was your ability to market. Is that was that is that true? And where did you, where did you get that yeah. knack for like understanding how to market something? Because that has a kind of a crossover with voiceover in a way. You're marketing yourself as a performer to these casting yeah. directors and stuff. Where did you kind of where did you learn all you needed to do to get the word out about your company and, and make it successful? I literally just would Google. I mean, I literally was like, Oh, I wonder wow. how this happens. And then I would YouTube it or Google it. And I just trained myself. I mean, I didn't have employees for the first, probably let me think about this, probably four years. I did everything myself. So every event I was there, <sighs> all the emails with the clients, creating the graphics that were on the photo strips, literally taught myself like Photoshop, like learned how to do everything. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it was just curiosity, I guess, or yeah. like I, a lot of, a lot of how I think of stuff is like, okay, where do I want to be? And then let's work backwards from there. Yeah. So for example, for, for, um, the photo booth stuff, I knew that a lot of people were doing the same thing and the industry was sort of just looking kind of crappy, to be honest. And I was like, okay, I want something that is aesthetically what I would like. Um, so I want it to be either like cool or unique, but I really love like a vintage aesthetic. Um, so I was like, let me lean into the vintage aesthetic. Like, how can I do that? What kind of client books my services, you know, in my mind, like what kind of client do I want to book my services? What kind of price point do I want to be at? If I'm, at a higher price point than everyone else. Like, so a lot of people in the industries, photo booth specifically, 
it's like, oh, that guy charges 900, let's charge 800. Mm. And for me, I don't like this mentality. I'm like, oh, you're charging 900, then I'm gonna charge 1200. And I'm gonna look like I charge 1200 and people are gonna be like, oh, well, that's only a $300 difference, but look how much better yes. that is, you know? So that this was my whole thing. So I was like, okay, what kind of client do I want to market to? Like who is, who is the, the, it was, it's my company's called the booth and bus co like mm-hmm. the booth and bus company. So like, who is the booth and bus co client? And it's like, you know, a higher end, uh, not just, um, wedding clients, but we, we've done a ton of corporate, literally like any big corporation you can think of like Amazon, the Googles, like the Netflix is like all of them. We've done events for them. Um, they like this, like sort of Cal, I wanted a California vibe cause we're in Southern California. You can do weddings year round. Our like wedding season is a, is a really long time. Yeah. So yeah, I basically just decided like how much I want to charge and who I want to market to. And then I worked back for backwards from there. So I'm like, okay, you know, if I'm that person, um, I want to go to a website that looks higher end and I don't mean necessarily like fancy, but just in line with the other vendors that are in that price range and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And, and, and I have spent thousands of hours probably at this point thinking about all this stuff in terms of like, you know, when you read verbiage on our website and then you get an email from our company, is it like, Oh, we're this glamorous thing and we're so cool. Boho, she California vibe on our website. And then you get an email from our company. It's like, what's up? I'm Adam. Uh, yo, do you want like a thing? You know, are you interested? Question mark. It's like, no, the, the dialogue that you communicate with has to, um, coincide with what you're representing on your website so that every tiny step of the way is building confidence in your buyer or your customer so that then they feel like, Oh, this is the one for us because everything is just dialed in. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am very excited to take some of this stuff and implement it into the VO world. And I've got sort of this like four, component thing that all funnels into like again working backwards like what what do i want to do yeah i want to work more i want to do more vo i want to i want to have those opportunities and those jobs it's like okay what are things that i can do besides you know doing good on my auditions and trusting my agents to get me copy and stuff like that what are those other things that i can do and just you know there's there's like yeah, there's just, I mean, there's so much, so many people can have so many different things and it could be something like having a podcast or producing content on TikTok and stuff like that, but, um, which are all very valid. And for me, it's like, okay, how do you, I think a lot of people's mentality with that is like, oh, I have time. I want to stream or like, you know, they get an audience from anime and they're like, oh, if I start streaming, I can bring that over. And that's good. That is good. But what is the ult- what is the end goal? Like, what is your goal? Like, what are you working backwards from? Otherwise, we're spinning our wheels and we're getting tired and there's no point to it. Yeah. So, like, I like to figure out, like, what is the point? Why am I doing this? What is the reason um, that I'm going to put effort into streaming if I, you know, and if I don't know, then for me, it's I'm going to get burnt out or I'm just going to be like, eh, I don't have a point. 100%. You know? With, with with the photo booth company, I, I the point was never like, oh, book this many events or, you know, it wasn't like about the money or the end result. It was more about like doing good service and creating a good product that people will be really happy with. Mm. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, dude, the business side of stuff, I really like, I, I am, I've been obsessed with and am obsessed 
obsessive with uh all the time i could really just like ramble on forever Listen, about it <laughs> i mean i'm sitting here uh, but i love chatting about it yeah i'm sitting here and i feel like i've only scratched like the corner of the lottery ticket and there's like a whole other card for me to to talk to you about with this stuff and it's so fascinating and i love kind of your I, I truly love and resonate with people, specifically artists who have this entrepreneurial mindset and they are constantly f- figuring out different pop problems to solve and ways of challenging themselves creatively and e- exploring different, uh, you, you know, a, a careers almost in a way it's like having not saying like i'm not putting yourself in one box and staying there and thinking like this is my life i really um i'm inspired by people like you and people who actually find success in doing it it's 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 very inspirational and i think our listeners will will really resonate with this and uh i'm just kind of just like sitting here very like you got to teach a class on like <laughs> like the art you got to teach well, well, what's, well, yeah well, what's funny is uh i'm actually uh, on november 1st i'm teaching a like a building characters through improv vo workshop um but uh i was thinking about it and i'm like you know this i mean i love teaching improv it's it's gonna be really fun we're gonna have a great time but i was also thinking like man i really care about my peers too you know and and there aren't many classes where we're as a pro you see your peer and you're like, Oh, I'm going to go take Adam's class, you know, but I do have a heart for this business stuff. And I really do feel like there's a lot of ways. Um, a lot of my friends and people that I care about who I see working regularly and who have a, a, a foundation who could level up, um, who could just level up certain things, you know, by having their business, almost their business plan. It's yeah. almost basically making a business plan, which we don't do as actors. Cause it's just no. like, <laughs> I don't care about, I don't care about the business. I care about the art, but you can, you can do both and it can still be art. That's what I love. Yeah. It's like the business side of it. There is an art to it. There's a finesse to it. Um, I had dinner with KG the other day and he was like, you know, I've never met anyone who can convince somebody to give them something better than you can. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not, it's not like a smarmy salesman thing, yeah. but it's just like, it's just like, I get that. Like, I don't know. I get what people want or, or like what people want to hear, not want to hear where I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not like placating to them, but yeah. like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a new, it's a like, it's, it is an art, but it's a nuanced thing. And I think, um, yeah, people, we, we can like elevate the whole thing, you know, by, by, treating ourselves as a business and not in the weird corporate way where it's like, you know, that turns people off, but in a way that is also fulfilling artistically. I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to hear more. I'd love to talk with you at another point in time about all this stuff. It just sounds so fascinating. It's, um, (laughs) it's, it's, I mean, what, what you're saying, we talk about the business of acting here every episode. It comes up and how important it is to treat yourself like a business. You are the CEO, the face of the brand. And if you don't have the tools, the mindset, the skill set of understanding what it takes to run a business, then I don't know how long term and how fruitful you're allowing your potential to become. You know, you can work yeah. and you can do that stuff and it can be great, but then things can dry up. And then it's like, then what are you doing with your money? Then what are you doing with right. your time? So this is, I, yeah. I, I love this. It's an amazing mindset. And I, I love uh, just people who preach kind of, of, of that lifestyle, especially as an artist. So uh, 
this has just been so fantastic. Thank you for coming this on and awesome. sharing so much. Yeah, uh, dude, so nice to finally meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Likewise, yeah. Hopefully, we can cross paths in in the R R L uh, sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have one question that we ask our guests before we we let them go, and this can be relevant okay. to business. This could be relevant to acting. It could be relevant okay. to anything, and it's a tough question. So just bear with me. Okay. Because I'm sure there's many, many, many things you could say here. But as the nature of this okay. show, the Points of Experience podcast, was there an experience in your life or an experience in work, career, hobby, friends, family, whatever it is, an experience that kind of stands out to you that you either learned something from or challenged you in a certain way that left an impact on you? Something, an experience that you had went through in your life that you learned a lesson from or you had kind of an observation about that you think our listeners here might benefit from hearing from and saying, oh, wow, that's a, uh, an interesting lesson or an interesting point or an interesting experience that you had that they can, you know, make their own kind of inferred uh, uh, opinion about or, or learn from it specifically. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the, the, the experience that sort of like created the epiphany that then turned into me starting the photo booth business and having this whole mind, mindset shift, uh, it's kind of a simple experience. I just was taking time for myself. I was feeling a little overwhelmed. So I went paddleboarding um, and I was paddleboarding in Marina del Rey and I was traveling, uh, like paddling around all these yachts. And I was just thinking like, man, who owns these things? You know? <laughs> and uh, somebody has to own these things. Somebody knows what it feels like to have the money to um, purchase these. And I've sort of told this story before in other places. So I'll, I'll, the, the difference that I'll say is like, um, at that time, I was doing the actor thing where you would do a job, book a commercial, and then you would get on unemployment, book a job, get on unemployment. Mm -hmm. And that was during during the Obama administration when uh, the how much you got weekly from unemployment was higher. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, it was like 450 bucks a week or yeah. something like that. And, um, you know, I just while I was paddleboarding around, I had this thought of like, I'm wasting my own potential by accepting what's easy and what's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I kind of challenged myself to basically go home and cancel unemployment and then like figure it out. So, you know, it, it was a, a sort of a simple experience, but what it made me do was realize that I needed to take opportunities in my life to make myself uncomfortable. Or if I was feeling kind of antsy in a situation, not to be afraid to, um, stretch my wings and try something else or really go for it. Mm. And, um, it's, it's something that I try and do even now, like when I start feeling complacent or I start feeling antsy, I'm like, all right, what can I do? That's like something I've been putting off or, um, something I've always wanted to do, or just something that might be a little out of character, you know, like I, have never been the person who like emails casting directors out of the blue, like, or been like, Hey, just wanted to send you my demo. I, I like updated it. It's been a while since we've worked together. Like I don't, I've never done that, but like doing that, you know, mm -hmm. so it, it, it could be anything. So yeah. Um, Hopefully that was a Th that was <laughs> everything I wanted and more. Thank you so much. And it's, okay, sweet. It's, uh, it's inspiring to me. So that's uh, you know uh, that that's, says a lot because I think most people are, are are navigating the world and they think that they have to stay like I was saying earlier within this lane or in this box that they've created for themselves or they feel like the industry is creating for them. 
when in reality you yeah. have all the tools and the strength to just say, F that. Yeah. I can do this if I want to, or I can challenge myself to try this. And maybe you fail at this thing and then you learn from that failure, failure, quote unquote failure. It may be not being right. uh, monetarily profitable. Let's use that as, as a better way of framing something. And you can try something yeah. else and you learn. And it's, it's the same for every industry. And uh, I love that mentality. And it's something that I can continue to learn from myself. And I try to constantly ins uh, get inspired from as well. So hearing these words from you is, is extremely reinforcing. So thank you for sharing them with me. Uh, and with everybody and yeah uh, of course it's been a true pleasure to chat with you man it's been a, a, a yeah. real great is where can people go and find more information on specifically the class but anything else that you have going on or is there another show out that you want to plug or is there a convention you're going to anything that people um, should be going to and visiting besides you know following you on social media which is the obvious <laughs> yeah yeah so uh yeah so uh, social media i'm at ninja mac everywhere so it's n-i-n-j-a-m-a-c um Gosh, oh man, shows. I, my, my schedule is insane. So when how, when will this episode air? Do you think? Uh, on oh, on Tuesday, so the twenty fifth. Next Tuesday. Okay, cool. So this coming weekend, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona at UwuCon. Um, then I have one weekend off. Then I'm, I'll be in Portland for KomoriCon. Um, then I will be at Anime NYC in November. Uh, after that's Thanksgiving. Then I'll be at Anime Frontier in Dallas. Uh, and then something else is in the works right before Christmas here locally in SoCal. And then uh, take a little break, come back after the holidays, and then we hit it back again January 5th to 7th at ALA, which is Anime Los Angeles. So you can come and see me at any of those shows. Um, I post about all this stuff on my social media. Of course. Um, so, yeah, so people can come there and uh, and see stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in between a lot of stuff right now or, on, or, or you know, the whole NDA thing. But uh, – um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I should be plugging. Just go watch JJK. Go watch <laughs> if you haven't watched Jujutsu Kaisen. Go watch Jujutsu Kaisen on Crunchyroll and Hulu. HBO Max is still on there. Um, we got season two of Tokyo Revengers coming in uh, early in the new year and stuff like that too. So yeah, it's exciting. There's lots of exciting stuff coming. I'm, I'm very very fortunate. Amazing. I'm so happy for you, and I'm so happy for all the success you've had and you continue to have. And I'm excited to see all the new things on the horizon. Uh, I'm just very honored and privileged that you had the took the opportunity to come on the show and, and share your your story and your wisdom with us. And uh, we hope to uh, chat with you again soon. Um, yeah, this has awesome, been great, dude. man. Thanks for having me. No, appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you so much, man. Dudes, this episode took a turn in such a fantastic way that I wasn't really expecting. I knew, obviously, Adam was uh, a talented actor, you know, from all the stuff he's done. Uh, but just how inspiring he is as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a human being, as an artist, and everything that he kind of puts his all into, it was so cool to hear his endless thirst for stretching his wings, you know? It's um, really admirable and... I, I just I, I sit here now feeling so empowered as an artist, as a human being to kind of take control. And I hope everybody else listening here feels that same way. Um, you know, I've started my own businesses before. I've, you know, started a, a website and a demo reel companies and it just it's I feel like a lot of people limit themselves by thinking they only have to be this. And if you only want to be that and you are content with doing so, whatever that is, you know, if you're a baker or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. But specifically for artists where it is kind of um, you're at the mercy sometimes of 
getting employed by other people in a freelance basis, uh, there is a lot of power to be taken back with, you know, learning things on YouTube or finding that, you know, there's always room for another business opportunity to have to be told, you know, what is something that you're seeing in your life, uh, a hole or a void that isn't being serviced. And I think that's what he did and he's continuing to do. And I think people in different industries, you know, whether you're like a, a graphic artist, is there not a website where graphic artists can meet people to do certain things? Or if you're, you know, um, a- anything, I think there's just any, any hole to, to kind of fill and what ways can you service or be a part of that solution? So, um, yeah, I'm a huge JJK fan. Um, I, I, I gotta get the rest of the crew on here, but, um, yeah, he's just such a great guy. I'm so glad we got to have this episode. And uh, thank you all for listening. Continue to su- subscribe, uh, follow, and do all that great stuff. And uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But until then, we will catch you all on the next one. 